Today in the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we are going to be talking about AEW and the tag team match that a lot of people say that Keep Lee and Swerve are not the legal champions because of the way the match ended. Also, we're going to be talking about WWE News and the uh, PG-13 era. It's not over. We're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about Project Codename Summer Clash. The event coming up August 6th in New Jer- Union, New Jersey. We spoke to Chris Cage. We have an interview with him that was done uh, yesterday. Um, so you guys can also catch it on YouTube if you have a chance. Or I will have it on this audio podcast. We're going to have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Newberry. Sitting at home. Acknowledge me. It's Welcome to another episode of the Chokesland Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One from New York City. And today, we got a lot to cover. Not a lot of things going on in wrestling today. Of course, the G1 Climax 32 started in New Japan on day two. I won't be able to cover that today. I know Jay White won his first match and whatnot. So that's a plus there. Um, so the G1 Climax already started. That's one of my favorite tournaments. And definitely I will have more details on that on the following week coming up. Also, uh, we have a lot of WWE stuff going on. Also, AEW. Uh, we're going to be talking also about Project Codename Summer Clash coming up. And the interview I had with Absolute Cage about his match with Superstar Whiplash on June 11th. But there's more details to that, and uh, their little f- feud, or whatever you want to call it, it's not over yet. So I got a lot of info on that. Second of all, I want to thank those in the Twitter world for following me. I made the 1,000 followers already. I want to thank everybody there. But here's my little problem I have there. I have 1,000 followers. How many of you guys even listen to the podcast? Because I should be having 1,000 plays, and I'm not even seeing that. But again, this the 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 podcast wrestling podcast genre is very very competitive, and I understand, and I'm not gonna be one that you know is gonna be hating, that's not my style, but uh, you know I expect more. You guys are are supporting, but the numbers are not showing that as far as playing, but I'm sure people got their own lives to do whatever, and I'm not just gonna be here complain about it because hey, I could be. Having zero followers, it could be worse. Uh, also, again, guys, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, of course, as I said. Uh, also, on my Slam Wrestling News on Facebook, is almost coming to 900 followers. You guys want to fo- uh, want some merchandise? Go to the tcwr.veryimpressive.com store. In there, you get to see the shirts, the hoodies, the hats. It's all there and whatnot. Um, and, you know, again, I want to su- I want to thank those who have been supporting. That's all That's all that matters. Um, 
you know, uh, but hey, don't don't miss out on, on episodes. I got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, check my content out on my on my audio podcast, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. It's a lot of stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? So uh, last week I saw that a lot, it wasn't as good as usually. I guess because I covered something that was a little old. We covered the uh, the Forbidden Door. We covered the Bloods and Guts. We covered a little bit of SummerSlam. But I guess people probably didn't, wasn't interested, but it happens. This is part of the podcast. I'm not going to go out there and just shit on the fans because, hey, people got lives. But, you know, I'm just just giving my opinion out there. Anyway, so, again, not a lot of stuff going on in wrestling. Um, but the first thing I want to talk about that I, I wanted to laugh was Believe somewhere in the Friday or Thursday, WWE announced that they were going TV 14. And the first thing I said, they are desperate. This is a desperate attempt for them trying to be edgy, trying to say curse words, stuff that AEW is doing now. Uh, AEW right now, with the way they've been doing their stuff, uh, they've been number one in the uh, on the TV for the last couple of weeks. And you think WWE doesn't see that? They do see that. Well, here's the problem with WWE. The thing is, they, they want to they wanna change the TV rating. But in reality, the product is still the same. I mean, I mean, who's going to sit there and watch three hours of repeated matches over and over every single week? And, you know, again... The fact that they, uh, Logan Paul, whoever that, Paul Hogan, whatever his name is, they signed him. He's not a wrestler. He's a YouTube phenomenon. Oh, well, for those who follow him, he's a YouTube phenomenon. You're going to put him in a ring to wrestle, okay? Um, they put uh, Pat McAfee, who's a podcaster, who used to be a football kicker. Now he's wrestling now. I mean, and yeah, you're going to say, oh, well, they're getting trained. They're getting trained by what? Who? The WWE way? That's what they getting trained, and, and 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 you know, and people still follow this company. It's 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 mind-boggling to me how these people go and pretty much follow this company. What's funny is what I see online, where a lot of these people uh, 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 taking shots at AEW, but at the end of the day. The owner of WWE is a sexual predator. Yeah, I said it here. He's a sexual predator. Okay? And I'm going to say this again. If you think he's going to get away with this, you got something else coming. Because I said this three, four weeks ago when I did a YouTube video about McMahon being accused of uh, hush money. People came at me. Oh, no, he's going to get away with this. Not this time. Not this time. I said it, and I said it. They're going to be cans. There's going to be cans that are going to be open. Worm, uh, open, you know, worms are going to come out of a lot of their cans because of stuff that Vince McMahon has done throughout the years. We're talking about $12 million of hush money, okay, of hush money. And all of a sudden now WWE is attempting to turn the PG to TV-14, just to be edgy, whatever. Nothing is going to change. Nothing. Nothing is going to change unless Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are gone from WWE. I'm going to say this again for you marks out there who always talking shit 
on Twitter, okay, especially Jobber Nation TV. Yes, you clowns on social media talk a lot of crap, okay? Had the nerve to say that, you know, to say that, hey, the woman took the money. You're a piece of crap. That's all I got to say about you guys. But the fact that people think that they're going to get away with this, that McMahon's going to get away with it. No. The only way that WWE is going to strive and it's going to be at the point where everybody's going to sit back down and watch three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, watch the damn pay-per-views. And I'm talking about not these casual fans that don't know from the asshole to their mouth, okay? Okay? We're talking about real wrestling fans. Wrestling fans that actually been seeing the product for years and still follow it to this day. The only way WWE is going to get better is if Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon are gone. Where Stephanie McMahon takes control, and I'm talking about takes control, not that she's acting like she has control, when in reality she doesn't, and Triple H takes over. Okay? That's the only way, because Triple H, as much as I'm not a big fan of his, he knows professional wrestling. Not this garbage you've been seeing for the last four years in WWE. Bringing in Bad Bunny, bringing in Logan Paul, bringing in Ronda Rousey, bringing all these people that can wrestle for beans into a professional wrestling ring. Okay? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Okay? So now all of a sudden, WWE is trying to change it to TV 14. But that kind of blew up in their face because Andrew Kazarian or whatever, whatever his name is, reported it that this was going to happen this Monday, but actually tomorrow. They're going to be TV 14. As of Friday to Saturday, word got back that, that, that USA Network has not finalized this at all. They're still stuck on the PG. So the leak got out. Somebody leaked it. And... Now, whoever reported this looks stupid now because now they're saying that, no, it's not happening yet. Not yet. So, pretty much this got leaked out. Okay? So, again, WWE, again, doing a desperate attempt to be like AEW. Now, you're going to say, oh, no, AEW sucks, AEW this and this. And, yeah, AEW has fault. AEW has certain things that I'm not crazy about, like the women's division. Okay? And so how some matches end, like the ones that ended on Rampage this past Friday. You know what I'm saying? Um, but at the end of the day, if you look at it, you don't have repeat matches in AEW. Okay? Even though they're going back to the card, uh, pulling out the card again from the files of Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker again. But we'll talk about that when we get to the AEW part. But if you think about it, okay... WWE is trying to, they're they watching AEW. I thought they were, AEW was not competition. Otherwise, you would not be thinking about changing from PG-13 to TV-14. Okay? You see what AEW is doing on the other side. You see it. Now you want to be the same. Hey, let's be edgy. Nobody cares. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's gonna, nothing is going to change. Unless, again, like I said, McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are gone forever in the WWE. Okay? Io Shirai. 
She has not signed a contract with WWE. The former NXT champ, women's champ, may be gone from WWE. This, she is the wife of Evil from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And most likely, she is gone. Okay? And the fact that everybody's talking about the NXT, NXT this, NXT. NXT right now, the, the 2.0 sucks. I won't even waste even 10 minutes to watch that crap. I won't. Anybody else could be, you know, crazy about it. I know uh, Roxy won the tag team titles with, I don't know who the other girl was, whatever. And she had a title match against Mandy this past Tuesday, and they already betrayed her. I mean, what kind of shit is this? The girl gets a, a title, and all of a sudden now her partner turned on her. Who writes this shit? Who writes this? That's what I got to say. And one thing that uh, kind of caught me off guard, and he must not have no money, or he's running out of money, Mick Foley signed a Legends deal with WWE. Now, Mick Foley has been very vocal of a lot of things WWE has done in the last couple of months, and now all of a sudden he goes and signs a Legends deal. You know, a lot of these wrestlers, you know, go back and run to WWE. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Uh, either you're not saving your money like you're supposed to, and or you, they probably knew you were going to AEW, and they seen you in AEW signings and all that, and they say, well, let's give him, let's offer him a Legends deal, so he don't go nowhere. And now you know now Mick Foley ends up signing a Legends deal with WWE. I don't get that. I really, really, really don't get that. So you know this this is this is stuff that I, I you know I sometimes question because it's like. It's crazy because it's not it's not something that you know that uh you know you don't see a lot of wrestlers leave they don't come back you know whatever it is or they some of them come back I I don't I just don't know I'm just like mind boggling mind boggled when I saw that report of him coming back and signing a legends deal I don't get that Natalia walked out after her match she didn't sell supposedly um um in her match against uh. Liv Morgan in a house show. Look, look, they're making a big shit out of this, to be honest. Who cares? Who cares? Okay, Liv Morgan is just holding the belt until Charlotte Flair comes back. Natalia, you know, you do not expect that from her, but supposedly they both had heat because the way it ended, whatever it was, it, it just don't make any sense to me. Like, who cares? I really don't care about Natalia because, you know, she's still there, you know, um, after they you know, they shit all over her father and, uh, or actually her uncle, whatever it's been for years. And, you know, these people, I don't know. They stick around thinking that one day they're going to get a title shot, world title. I mean, she's a former world champion, but come on. She's there for what? And then Liv Morgan that everybody's, you know, all happy about. Liv Morgan is holding the belt for Charlotte Flair. Once Charlotte comes back, she is losing that belt. And her promos, the way she comes out, why is it that every time someone who you least suspect wins the title, they talk about, oh, I'm, you know, I, I fight adversity, you know, I, I've been the underdog. These these promos are cringed, a cringe. Liv Morgan told me, oh, you got to grasp, you got to rip the title off of me. I sleep with the belt. Who writes this shit? Who writes this? It's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know. You know, um, 
I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Whoever these people are that that they write these these damn promos, they they horrible. Don't get me wrong. I don't say I don't. I hate Liv Morgan. Whatever her time was when she should have beat Becky Lynch for that belt, and they should have done her. Now all of a sudden, because Ronda Rousey's going home, she's not going to wrestle anymore. Ronda Rousey said, "Oh, give it to Liv Morgan," and they gave it to Liv Morgan for what? Charlotte's coming back, and Charlotte's going to take that belt away from her. You know, it's just, it's just. I mean, everybody's getting all happy about it, and I'm saying to myself, you know what? It don't matter. She, they're going to take that belt away from her. It's going to be a not a great title reign. WWE doesn't care about the titles anymore. They don't care who looks good. Who look, they only care about Roman Reigns. That's the only guy they care about. Let's be realistic. That's the only guy, and he's on vacation now. He's not even wrestling anymore. But, I, again, I don't understand how anybody sits down and watches this company's wrestling or shows because it's... The, all the matches every week is the same bullshit ass matches, same matches every week. How long you gonna get? How long you gonna continue watching this? I don't understand it. But yeah, want to go and take shots at AEW? Um, unbelievable. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is James Rodens from the WNR podcast, and you are listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. Let's do some AEW Dynamite review. Uh, I did say Rampage this week, but I only saw the ending of Rampage because, you know, that's the only time I had. Because, I mean, Rampage is not something I like to watch, but sometimes some of the matches are boring. But AEW Dynamite, yes, I did get to see that. We saw the TNT Championship match between Warlow and Orange Cassidy. Uh this is one of the things that I'm very worried with AEW. They're doing, they're making Warlord look like he's the next Goldberg. And if you think I'm crazy and I'm high, well, take a look at what happened this past Wednesday. They saw him in the back. He didn't have security like Goldberg used to have back in the days, but you hear the Warlord, Warlord. Why are we doing that? Why are we going to the back to the WCW days to push this man and his entry is not the best. It's not. They got to do something with his, with his music. It's not the best. This guy should be getting pushed to the moon. He should have something different, not something similar to Goldberg. Because at the end of the day, yeah, Goldberg was a very dominant wrestler back in the late 90s, 1000, whatever. But now he's a shell of himself and people hate his ass. I, for one, can't stand him anymore for what he's done in the business. But for them to do... Try to make Warlord look like Goldberg. And it's funny because I told my friend Mike, I said, I hope they don't do what they did with Goldberg. Where Goldberg won the United States title. Three months later, he beat Hogan for the world title. And now he had both belts. And it looks like they're going that same route with Warlord. I don't know when he's going to get the title match. But I won't be surprised uh, if that happens. Because, number one, uh, it would be crazy if Warlow beats Moxley for the belt and then when CM Punk comes back, Warlow beats um, CM Punk and he's the undisputed world champion. That could happen. It's a lot of things, but 
This week, he had Orange Cassidy. Beretta and Taylor got kicked out of the ring area because at um, one point, um, how you call it, Take, uh, Chuck Taylor pulled out a, a, a chainsaw, which was funny. But uh, they got kicked out. Dan Housley got caught for being under the ring. So Cassidy was doing everything he could to try to distract Warlow. But, you know, one thing about Cassidy, though, he got kicked out. He kicked out of the F-10. Uh, Cassidy went for a third orange punch, punch during the match, but got caught, and he got powerbombed by Warlow for the win. Uh, they had a, uh, a, a couple of promos. They did a Pac promo. Uh, then they had a Jericho Association, Chris Jericho promo, where he talked, he challenged uh, Eddie Kingston for the bar wire match, and he says he's coming back next week at Fighter Fest night two as the paymaker. It's going to be interesting to see him come out again, which is crazy. We had Kanusuke Takashita, whatever his name is. Kanusuke Takeda versus John Moxley. And this was a, uh, I believe, was a title match. This was a very good match between both of these two with Kanusuke shining and defeat. Kanusuke has been very impressive to me. I mean, I saw him when he first came in during last year during the pandemic. Uh, I believe he wrestled Omega, if I'm correct. Uh, he used to team with Omega. But this guy got a lot. Of, he has a, a future ahead of him. Man. He's only 26. He's been wrestling nine years. His first match was the Budokan Hall in Japan. So, you know, it's, 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 it's cool, though. Darby Allen is targeting the House of Black. Again, I don't know what happened in Rampage. I believe there was supposed to be a tag team match. Uh, uh, with Darby, I don't know what happened with that. I don't know. I, I didn't get to see it. Christian Cage did a promo, which pretty much uh he, you know, made fun of Brian Pillman's uh, father. Uh, we didn't even know that the, the the varsity blondes were in the ring until Christian mentioned it. And nobody like nobody cares about the varsity blondes. I don't even know honestly. And I'm gonna keep saying it. Brian Pillman, this guy should have been something. He should have been leveled up. He has not done nothing in AEW. Griff Carrison has more of a future than Brian Pillman. Funny as it sounds. But Luchasaurus went in there and dominated a match against Griff Garrison. Uh, he put Brian Pillman and Garrison through to Well, he tried to put first uh, Garrison and Pillman together through the table, but the table didn't break. And then he grabbed Pillman again and put him through the table. So... Uh, Claudio Castellini, whatever his name is, Claudio, also known, formerly known as Zaro, against Jake Hager. This was a, a pretty good match back and forth until Jericho Association members came out to interfere. I don't know why they came out because they, they really want, they didn't factor at all in the match, at all. So I, I don't know, I don't know what, you know, what was the purpose of that, but. Claudia went and hit a sit-down powerbomb to beat Hager in this match. Jake Hager, his AEW career has not been great at all. If you don't believe me, check all his losses. The guy pretty much lost, I think, he has not been dominant. I don't know what they're doing there, but I guess he just probably a, 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 he just a, a, a hack, I guess, for Jericho or whatever it came to be. Anna Jay versus Serena Deves. This good. This was a good match between both of these women, uh, but Serena, um, Serena Deeb and Anna Jay went at it. One point, uh, Anna Jay had her in his uh, lock, uh, sleeper hole on Serena, but 
you know, he she didn't get to have Serena tap, but Serena ended up making her dab tap on her finishing move. And then Marcelina Martinez had to come out and um, stop her. That's going to be a good match between Marcelina Martinez and Serena Deeps at Death Before Dishonor, a Ring of Honor uh, pay-per-view coming up next Saturday. Lito, uh, Jay Lito came out, I don't know for what, to talk crap about some more job. You know, waste of time. Then it was the three-way tag team title match, which I have a lot to say about that. Because in this match, I figured the Young Bucks were going to win this match. And I think the Young Bucks, this was the second, or the first, uh, title defense that they had. And when I saw that Keith Lee and Swerve won the match, I asked myself, who booked this and why would they do that? have the Young Bucks lose the belt on their first title defense when Young Bucks proclaim that they are the best tag team in the world. So that left me with like sour taste in my mouth. I was like, okay, um, I don't understand why Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland won the belt. Well, if that was the case, they should have won the ta- those belts at double or nothing when Jurassic Express were the tag team champions and they had Hobbs and Starks in the middle of that match. I mean, the way they made it look like, well, you know what? You know, the Young Bucks come and beat Jurassic Express for the belts. And now you, okay, so now the Young Bucks are trying to prove. But when I saw Starks and Swerve win the match, uh, it left me mind boggled. So as the dates pass by, I'm hearing people are upset because the Young Bucks lost. I had someone online said that whenever the Young Bucks sneakers come off, that's when the Young Bucks lose the, lose the match. Never heard of that, but anyway. So I was like, okay, whatever. I just felt like it was stupid. If that if they if AEW's plan is to have put those belts on Stark, I mean, not Starks, on Lee and Swerve, so then Swerve go and betray uh, Keith Lee, uh, the title matches they had this past Wednesday should have happened, but it never happened. So if that was the plan, I said, okay. I mean, it doesn't make no sense, but if that's what they're going with, okay, fine. But then we learned reports that Nick Jackson got hurt in that match, and they had to do an audible. So, okay, I said, it's understandable. That's, you know, if that's what happened, I- I'll accept that. But then I heard wrestling fans online were pissed off because either Keith Lee or Swerve Strickland did not pin the legal man. It's a three-way, damn it. Three ways are no disqualification. There's nothing. Everything goes. And Tony Khan made it clear, referee, final decision is final. So all of a sudden, you got wrestling fans trying to pinpoint certain things that, you know, it's part of wrestling. But yet, want to complain about everything else, I, I, I don't understand it. I, I really don't understand it. It just mind boggles me that people complain about the slightest little bullshit in wrestling matches. You know what I'm saying? Like, enjoy the shit, and that's it. Yes, you're probably going to say, oh, the same thing about me. Oh, but you wasn't happy with the outcome. No, I wasn't happy with the outcome. To me, it didn't make sense because before I found out what happened. Because how is the Young Bucks? Defend the belt, I think it was the first time or second time, whatever, and they lose the belts. But then it made sense. They one of them got hurt. So, you know, so they had to do an audible. It's part of wrestling. They do audibles all the time. You know? But for people to start complaining about, oh, the the legal man wasn't uh, uh wasn't pinned. 
It happens in wrestling. This is not the first time, but everybody wants to pin, like, 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 pick on the slightest little bullshit that AEW does. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, the another thing that uh, kind of bothered me on Wednesday was the fact that Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm are now known as a thunderstorm. But then here we have again Britt Baker in the mix. Britt Baker again. And Thunder Rosa again. Is this going to happen again? Where right now Thunder Rosa just got pinned by a Japanese wrestler, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. And that should be more important. But Britt Baker is back again in the middle of everything. I'm like, didn't Britt Baker just lost to Thunder Rosa? Not once, but twice. Why is she said, why are they taking that card out and bringing it out again for people to fall for? I'm like, yo, this is crazy. This is crazy. But those are those are my little things uh, 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 that that bothered me this week. The, another thing that bothered me, that like I said, I didn't see Rampage, but Rampage had the match between Lucha Bros against Private Party. Andrade is hurt, and that is why he probably didn't compete. Uh, but Private Party, the way that match ended was weird because Roos came in into fear, but yet the Lucha Bros won the match. So I don't know what happened there. I, I I don't know what's going on, but it, it's funny how how different AEW looks now, without New Japan being around. Because when they had New Japan around, it was exciting, it was amazing. Now New Japan, you know, is now out of the picture. They're doing the G1 climax with all these wrestlers now. It looks it looks different. And then AEW has a bunch of guys hurt. They got Buddy Matthews hurt, Brian Danielson hurt. Now uh, Andrade is hurt. Uh, who else is hurt? Uh, Adam Cole is hurt. So you got main guys not there anymore, you know? So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be right back after this. The Pro Wrestling Ball. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. back so let's talk a little bit more of stuff that's going on in the wrestling world uh conan uh buries gerald and grace as we know what jordan grace said about chris benoit and she ended up uh apologizing to chris benoit's son uh she made an ass out of herself and conan went on his podcast and said i can't believe that she would publicly come out and make an ass out of herself like that but that ain't the first time she has Stupid takes. And you know, with age comes wisdom. You get here soon enough. Obviously, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. But while, without a doubt, out of all the years and all the dressing room and all the people that I work with, is one of the great greatest performers I've ever, been, ever seen. His passing was second to none. His intensity was second to none. His preparation was second to none. What do you mean he couldn't hang with anybody today? Bruh. 90% of the guys that they couldn't hang with him. 
That's the bottom line because I work with them. And what do you mean that he will have forgotten everything? Listen, he was at a point where he was forgetting some, forgetting nobody would let him put together matches. He had the ability to control the match and say, hey, we don't need this. Take this out because he was wrestling with Rey Mysterio, who was a wild effing guy that he had to edit down and say, hey, do this. Who went to do this? Psychosis, do this. So, I mean, I don't know what the F you're talking about. That's freaking ignorant. And, bro, okay, yeah, he killed his family. Yeah, the guy had CTE. It ain't like he was a serial killer. This guy had all those, all these problems accumulated from years like we're seeing now in wrestling, like we're seeing now in football, like we just saw with this one guy, 33-year-old wide receiver, Demarius Thomas, that just passed away. It was a serious thing for you to make light of it and make stupid, idiotic remarks like that just to show what an idiot you are. If you're going to bury somebody, you better have better career with them. And this came from Conan, and I agree. Everything he said about Jordan Grace, because Jordan Grace is an ignorant chick, okay? This girl's head is bigger than her whole body, okay? And and I say that because, uh, you know, I met her in person. She was ignorant on a meet and greet, asking me, why am I doing there? Well, obviously, I'm there to meet you, and I'm there to greet you, and I want an autograph and a picture. And again, if it wasn't for Mercedes Martinez who asked her to laugh or smile in the picture, this woman would not have smiled in the picture. She's the only wrestling performer that I have ever met in person that ever gave me that bullcrap. And I'm t- let me tell you something. I met a lot, okay, even female wrestler. Selena De Laurenta was one of the girls that I thought that she may come out nasty. Beautiful people. Okay. Uh, who else? Victoria. Lisa Marie. Uh, Lisa Marie. Beautiful person. Actually, she went above and beyond to take more than a couple of pictures and a picture with her choking me while I held her belt. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of these wrestlers are too big for their heads. Or they, their heads are too big for them. And this was a big ignorant statement for her to put. And then she ended up going to apologize because... She had nothing better else to do but to apologize and look stupid. And I only apologize, apologize to Chris Benoit's son. So, Killer Cross, but respectfully, respectfully, Scarlett and I won't be returning to Impact Wrestling. I don't blame him. Okay. He said, respectfully, neither of us will be returning. For the record, many of our friends work there. We are happy for the success that they are finding. We have many people out out our corner for years that still work for that company. We have never, ever been on record to say anything derogatory or negative about any company we ever worked for. That's beneath us. There are a lot of people involved with companies per se, and when you have problems with one or two or three people, it's not necessarily systematic issues. We're happy for everybody's success, and we don't live in that place anymore. We are always moving forward. We leave it behind us, and that's really all I have to say about it. And then again, Killer Cross, they did not push them like they were supposed to. And, you know, Impact has a lot of bad reputation and I know that a lot of Impact wrestling fans don't like when I say this, but it's the truth. Impact has not been the best place there is. You know, and speaking of Impact, there's word that Swerve, Swerve, uh, what was it, Big Swole? I say Swerve, I don't know why I say Swerve. But Big Swole wants to work for Impact. For what? For her to start complaining about racial issues too? You know, because that's what she did. And of course, Impact will probably bring her in, and I bet you she won't last long. I put my money on that. Also, uh, there was other words that the Good Brothers was gonna stay there and whatnot, and they and they were gonna get there past the summer. All of a sudden, and now I'm hearing that 
they they worked they worked the last uh the last day of the contract was last night. So the Good Brothers are not staying. The Good Brothers are gonna go to Japan because that's where they always wanted to go, and now they're back there. And again, Impact's gonna have to do something. Uh, I mean, me hearing people talking about Impact shouldn't work with New Japan, but Kushida is part of their group coming up, uh, part of their match coming up on uh, some show that they have there. But, but they don't need to work with New Japan. Let me put it this way: they don't work with New Japan. Working with MLW and NWA is not going to get you to the place you want to be at. Okay? And no, I don't have anything against Impact. Let's get that straight. I don't have anything against... Uh, my problem is that they don't... They're not consistent. They're not consistent. And I don't want to hear nobody tell me, oh, no, they're... No, they're not consistent. They can't keep wrestlers on, the, on, the, uh, on their roster. Every time you turn around, someone is leaving. Anthem don't want to pay. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So this is why Impact will never, ever get past AEW or WWE because they don't want to pay. They don't want to pay. They want to pay the wrestlers. Okay? So if you're not Canadian, I guess, you're not getting paid. I mean, they gave the money to Josh Alexander. I mean, it was the smartest thing they ever did. I mean, that, that had me sc scratching my head when his contract ended. Anyway, so... Also, Conan says Santana and Ortiz are not on good terms. Well, that was a report going on after Blood, uh, Bloods and Guts a couple of weeks ago. Santana got hurt afterwards, and nothing has been said since. So Conan was asked about the relationship between Santana and Ortiz after Fight for Sean Rossat commented that they haven't been standing next to each other on television and had, had not done a traditional two-versus-two tag team match since February. And Conan said yes. Conan said, when asked if any inside, they are not on good terms. This is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Um, but whatever the problem is, that's between them. Uh, but it'll be sad if Santana leaves and that Prime and Powerful uh, are no longer a tag team. AEW did not, and I'm going to say this again, AEW did not take the chance to go and make these guys champion. As hot as they came in to uh, AEW in 2019 at All Out, okay, the hottest tag team. They were having few matches with the Lucha Bros. They were the House of Glory tag team champions. They were the Impact tag team champions. They were having killer matches. They landed AEW. Jericho puts them in the damn, uh, the well, I forgot the damn name. You know what I'm saying? His group and... They only get two title shots. The Inner Circle. That was the name of the group. He brings them to the Inner Circle, and they don't do nothing but be bodyguards to Jericho and whatnot. And, and, and you know, they, yes, they had some good matches and some killer-ass matches, but their match between them and FTR did not live up to the hype because Wheeler got, hit, uh, uh, got hurt in their first match when his forearm got caught with the hook of the damn turnbuckle. And the second match was not that great, you know. But then already, I mean, the dream match became a, a match. It's ridiculous. I don't understand it. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. So uh, we're going to be talking about Summer Clash coming up now, um, August 6th, real quick. I want to talk about that. There's a lot of matches coming up for Project Codename, Summer Clash. 
We got Joe Ocasio, who attacked Chris Barton in the last event that they had. Is now I don't know if they're gonna they are gonna wrestle each other coming up on August sixth. Also, Chris Cage, who had a, a phenomenal match with his tag team partner Superstar Whiplash, which uh pretty much that match Chris Cage told Whiplash, "If I beat you, you will not interfere in the family business." Whiplash agreed, but now all of a sudden this past week, I respect the craft with Ray Sanchez. Uh, Joe Burak was in that podcast. And pretty much Chris Cage, Absolute Cage came out in the podcast. And pretty much uh, Burak said that he didn't like the fact that Chris Cage cheated to be his tag team partner. And threw out a challenge to Chris Cage. And Cage wasn't like, well, you know what? Okay, be careful what you wish for. But now it looks like the tag team is going to be. Uh, Superstar Whiplash will join Joe Burak to wrestle against Chris Cage and a partner of his choosing. So that's going to be interesting. But I have the uh, actually interview I had with him yesterday on my YouTube channel. I put it on my YouTube. If you guys don't get a chance to listen to it by watching it, you can listen to it here today. And we're going to bring it up and we're going to talk about it when we come back after this. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid, and you're listening to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. And so we're back. Uh... This is the interview I had with Absolute Cage uh, regarding his match from June 11 at Project Codename Exodus against Superstar Whiplash. That match was a great match. After the match, uh, you know, uh, supposedly Superstar Whiplash has said that if Cage beats him, he will not interfere in the family business. Cage, of course, wanted Superstar Whiplash to be part of the family, but then... There was a situation on Thursday or Friday, one of those, where Joe Burak, who had a, who was in the Respect the Craft with Ray Sanchez uh, uh, podcast and pretty much was questioning Chris Cage uh, as far as him beating Superstar Whiplash. He claimed he cheated. Cage came out on the podcast on Respect the Craft and there was a sudden there was a challenge made. So I decided to bring in Cage to my show yesterday and recorded this interview with him. Welcome to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. And today we have again, no other than Absolute Cage once again. And we're following up from the show from June 11th. That the big show for uh, Project Codename Exodus where the, to me, the match of the night for me was Chris Cage versus Superstar Whiplash and the outcome of that match. Um, I found it was a great match, but other people have different opinions in it. You was in a podcast this week with uh, Mr. Ray Sanchez for Respect the Craft, and you got a lot of people right now kind of questioning you how you want the match. You know, let us know how you feel about that. Hey, you know, people coming at me disagreeing with the way I go about things. 
<laughs> is uh, nothing new in the world of the absolute Chris Cage. You know, whether it be my tactics when it comes to getting victories in the ring or even when it comes to just shooting my mouth off, which you know I love to do very much. Yes, you do. There are uh, there are a number of people, and this has always been the case, you know, since I was a very young absolute cage himself, uh, that just, you know, whether it be they get rubbed the wrong way by me or they think I should go about things a different way. And as you know, we're in the social media era where everyone feels comfortable to voice their opinions and throw their two cents into the mix, even when it's not warranted. Like you may have noticed on the Respect the Craft podcast with Ray Sanchez, Joe Bolrog, a brother of mine, known him for 20 years, has come up with us, got him into the wrestling business, brought him back into the wrestling business, put him into the project personally myself. But as you see, you know, when everyone, anyone has a negative opinion, they feel they have the right to spill it. Joe Bolrog did that. And unfortunately for him, he keeps spewing his mouth off. And he's gonna regret it in the months to come. In in, in that interview, in that interview that he had with uh, Mr. Sanchez, he did mention something that he kind of threw a challenge out there. Which I, I mean, in a way, before I even talk about that, how do you feel after the match you had with your brother? You know, I know you and Superstar Whiplash are very close. Your bro came up at the same time. I mean, how did you feel after the match? Did you feel that after the match you felt well? You know what? I proved myself. You know, by any means necessary, because that's how Chris Cage works, you know, and you figure after the match. Did you think after that, the, I said you, you, you already already uh, did what you had to do. You had a wrestling match man. you beat him um, and you felt like everything was cool. Now y'all could go back to the Sultans and do what y'all do best. That's what it was all about. Remember, you and I talked about it leading up to the show. You know, my brother came out and he said that if I got the victory in that match, it was going to be plain and simple. He was going to take a step back and he was not going to get involved or try to disrupt my business with TJ Marconi and the family any further. And I knew that's what and I knew that's what needed to happen. I told him what was going to happen. I think I delivered on my promise. And you want to know how I feel after the match? Vindicated. The word of the day is vindication, baby. (laughs) I tried to warn my brother. I tried to warn everybody that was in attendance what was going to be the result. My brother, I know he he's prideful. He's got a lot of pride, and I don't blame him. I do too. You know, that ego gets in the way sometimes. And, you know, he is my older brother. So I'm sure there was a part of him that thought he was going to whip me. But the one thing that he did not take into account, which is what he should have, is that this right here is my strongest weapon, baby. Has always been will always be. I'm the strategist. I'm the brains behind the operation. And at, at Exodus, he got a taste of it right there. He got outsmarted. He got out-wrestled. He got outgunned. He got outclassed. Now, whether everybody and anybody agrees with my tactics or not, the fact of the matter is a win is a win. When the record books are written, when it all goes down, when you look back 10, 20 years from now, it's going to say Chris Cage W, Whiplash L. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> now, um, after this um, event, um, it looks like Danny Math is back. Um, uh, there's a little video that uh, he, you got attacked in the parking lot. Um, and and um, I, was, I was there myself when we found you. Um, now, my question is this. Um, are you guys are ready for Danny Math? Because it looks like Danny Math is out for revenge. He took you out. And, and, and when, when they found you, I saw 
him and Mar- uh, Marconi and, and Whiplash are arguing, oh, where were you? Where were you? Where were you? Are you guys are going to be get together now, now that you got this Danny Math coming after you on, on, on Summer um, Heat coming up on the 6th of August? Well, you know, my brother knows how I feel when it comes to wanting him to be a part of everything that I'm doing. You saw it. You saw the footage. I offered my hand to him. I opened my arms. I welcomed him into the family. So to answer that question, my brother knows what it is. And he knows that all he has to do is give me the signal, give me the call, nod his head. And he knows that I know exactly what he's thinking. That's the bond between me and him. Now, when it comes to Danny Moth, you know, I grew up a fan of New York City wrestling. I grew up a fan of the New York wrestling scene, the New York wrestling territory. And going back 20 years, Danny Moff is one of those guys that inspired guys like me and my brother, the rest of my crew, to be wrestlers because we knew watching guys like Moff, Homicide, Monster Mac, Low Key, the SAT, the Amazing Red, all these guys, that New York wrestling was something to be proud of. And it was something that we wanted to carry on our backs and something that we wanted to carry the torch, if you will, for those who came before us. Now, in the last few years, I've gotten to know Danny Moff personally. And during that time, my feelings might have uh, been changed a little bit. Is it a few negative, years ago, uh, Danny Moff... Negative or positive? Negatives and positive. Well, you know, Danny Moff is Danny Moff. I mean, inside that ring, what can we say about him? He's an absolute beast. He's an absolute monster. He's one of the most dominant men to ever step foot in the ring here on the East Coast and far beyond that. However, you want to talk about my tactics being underhanded. I'll take you back a few years to 2018. The Superstar Whiplash and myself are the longest reigning WXW Tag Team Champions in history. Down in Allentown, PA, what happens? Danny Moff brings his little butt buddy Sean Donovan down, and they decide to jump us from behind, and they decide to come after my tag team title, and they do it in an underhanded way. Anytime I've ever dealt with Danny Moff, it's always been the same thing. It's been from behind. It's been sneak attacks. It's been when you don't see it coming, and it's never been face-to-face, man-to-man, eye-to-eye. And at the project, you were there. You saw it happen first and foremost. I thank you. I thank you and everybody was there for finding me and to getting the word out to the crew to come and find me because it had not been for you guys. Who knows how long I would have been laying in that parking lot. But Danny Moff wants to come out here and he wants to talk about he's the king in the north. I don't see no king in the north. I see a coward. Mm. I see somebody that only gets his business done by sneak attacking people when they don't see it coming. You know me. You know I'm the type that I like to confront you face to face. I'm going to come out and tell you what's going to happen to you before I come at you. But that's not how Moff works. And I got to tell you, over the past few years, and especially over the past few months, after putting his hands on me not once but twice, after putting his hands on Miguel Sosa, after calling out the boss himself over and over and over again undeservingly, I got to say I'm starting to lose a little bit of respect for Danny Moff. So he's he's supposed to wrestle Marconi on Summer Heat. Am I correct? Summer Night Heat? I mean, that's the word on the street, but I'm going to keep this between you and me. If I had anything to say about it, that wouldn't go down. Will you get in the ring with him? 
I'll get it. Danny Moff don't want to get in the ring with me. I'm telling you right now that that's one thing he doesn't want. If that ever happens, I guarantee you the attacks won't be coming from behind his back. They'll be coming right across face to face his big dome that he got carrying that 33 pound head. He's carrying on those big shoulders. Yeah. So now, now going to regret. I guarantee you before it's all said and done, it could be now. It could be a few months from now. It could be a year from now. I'm not going to give, I'm not going to show my cards. I'm not going to let Danny Moff know how it's going to go down. But I guarantee you, when it is all said and done, he will regret putting his hands on Chris Cage. Now, my question to you now, uh, we're going to go back to Joe Bullrock. If the, if, um, since I, I don't think you have a wrestling match on the next event that I know of, I haven't seen anything advertised, anything, but if, Bull Rock decides that, hey, he's going to go to your brother and say, hey, let's team up and um, go against Chris Cage. Um, will you accept that challenge? Because, again, you go in that ring again with your brother. You already had a match. You already proved your point. You just said in the beginning of this podcast, you proved your point. You already beat him one-on-one. Now you got Joe Bull Rock kind of stirring the pot against both of you again because he feels that you didn't win fairly. When I mean, me... Me being the type of guy from New York, hey, you win at all costs. That's but right. are you going to accept that match if it was to happen next next month at some some of night? I've it, never been one. I've never been one to turn down a challenge. Yeah. But this thing with Bullrod, you said it. Trying to stir the pot, trying to keep the friction going between me and my brother, which is something I really don't understand. Joe Bullrock knows us for a very long time. He came up with us so many nights we've spent together all night long and then a little bit longer, partying it all night, drinks all night on the town, ladies. It's just so for Joe to be coming out, throwing this in the mix, maybe out of jealousy. I don't know. Is it, is it probably because he want to be part of the family and uh, probably the same? I mean, I don't know about. Superstar Whiplash, if he felt that way, but is it Joe Bullrock maybe felt like, okay, you you brought me into the project, but you didn't invite me to be part of the family? That's a very good point. It could very much well be. Mm. The mistake that Joe Bullrock makes is that if he would just come to me as a friend, if he would come to me in friendship like my brother, he likes to throw the word brother around when he's talking to me. He doesn't come talk to me. My phone hasn't rang. All he had to do is ask. A lot of these guys out here, they don't realize that I'm always, I, I'm, I'm at full access, but they have access to me. The ones that know it, the, one that, the ones that utilize it, you see, they prosper. They do well. The guys that want to come at me the wrong way, underhandedly, they don't want to come at me straight up. You see what happens to them. Will I accept the match if it comes to that? But I don't know where everyone thinks that my brother's actually going to agree to team up with me. I, I I I really that really boggles my mind. Yeah, I mean it I caught me it off. caught me off guard. I it caught me off guard. I warned Whiplash before our match at Exodus not to step into the ring with me. He did it anyway. You saw what happened. I have to give him the same warning, just like I did to Joe on the respect of prep. Listen, you guys, the the result is going to be the same. If I was Joe, I would think twice about it. Ask for a different match, something that he has a better chance of maybe getting a victory. He needs points on the scoreboard at the project. And I think stepping into the ring with me, he's not going to get those points. Now, my thing is that I wanted to ask you. I know you're not going to show your cards because you said that earlier. And um, he said, bring TJ. He, he said, bring TJ, whatever. But 
Again, you don't have a match this event coming up on August 6th. So let's say if he throws it out there, are you going to have a surprise tag team partner that nobody expects? Or you you heard his words. He said, anybody I want. Yep, that's what he said. Now, all right, let's talk hypothetical. Let's just say the match does go down. Let's just say my brother has another brain fart and decides to take this match. (laughs) I mean, do you really want us to go into this not knowing who I'm going to have in my corner? You really want to give me that type of decision power to call anybody? My brother Whiplash especially knows how deep that black phone book goes. Mm. I can make a phone call to anybody I want. A lot of people, they don't want to step into the ring with. I can make calls to people. I could I could call AEW right now. I could call MLW right now. I could call CZW right now. They don't want none of that. And they especially don't want to step into the ring with the boss, with the most powerful man in the Northeast, with the Thanos of professional wrestling, the mad titan himself, TJ Marconi. They really don't want that. I've been warning people about Marconi for the past year. Nobody wants to listen to me. And look at everything that's happened. Yeah. I mean, TJ is a very dangerous man. I mean, he he earned that, that Thanos of the East Coast. That's right. The man wins. You know, but what I don't get, I don't, I don't understand. Like I said, what I don't get is it looks like ever since you decided to help out TJ Marconi, you're, you're getting like you targeted. Like you got targets everywhere. Like I, what is it that I mean? And I understand that TJ, before you got together with him, he was getting constantly jump after matches after matches. There were people coming out of everywhere. When you came in to save him in one match, there were like a three, five guys in there. I mean, but what's the point? I, I don't understand why, it's the, why they targeting you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand it. I mean, you have that much enemy, brother? <laughs> by proxy. Guilty yeah. by association. Okay. Okay. You know, that's kind of the world we live in these days. Yes, yes. 2022 is a scary place to live in. No. Nowadays, you say the wrong thing. You look in the wrong direction. You support the wrong person. Somebody that nobody agrees with. And the target gets painted on your back, just like you said. Mm-hmm. The problem with everyone and TJ Marconi is that TJ Marconi is a truth teller. Yeah. He likes to tell the truth. He's been telling the truth for quite a long time. And when you're successful as TJ is, and on top of that, you're a truth teller. And you tell the world the things that a lot of people really don't want to know. That list of enemies starts to grow. Yeah, I, I respect T.J. Marconi for being public enemy number one. I respect him for taking on that burden, for knowing who he is, knowing the role he plays in Northeast Pro Wrestling and taking it on proudly. Yeah. He will never stop. He'll never stop telling the truth. He'll never stop saying how he feels about the scrubs, about the people that don't deserve to be in this business. <laughs> and he's right. And I agree with him a whole a wholeheartedly. Yeah, I agree That's with him, too. I, me. I this saw, is my bond. I saw, I saw a post, I think it was this morning, he talked about a show that happened, uh, I think, last night, and yo, he went off. And I was like, I was waiting for comments, and I, I didn't see not even one comment. So I was hoping to see you say something, hey, keep it to yourself, like the last time. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't see anything. I'm like, yo, is it now you got a story to tell? That's what he says it all the time. That's right. Well, you know, I, I, I like to be a little more uh, restrained when it comes to my social media activity. One, because I really don't care. Two, because it's a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, 
how TJ uses his time on social media is up to him. That does not mean I disagree with what he's saying. No. And like I said, this is exactly why you might see that target on TJ's back. This is why TJ may not be the favorite person of everyone in the wrestling business because he says things that people don't want to hear. But I ask you, where's the lie? There is no lie. That's the problem. That's the problem. You know, we live in a world right now that when you tell the truth, that when you speak your opinion, you get, you know, you get uh, exiled for it. You get blackballed for it because everybody wants you to be a part of the herd. Everybody wants you to follow suit. Everybody wants you to fall in line and just salute and say yes, man, to everybody else, just like everybody does. Yeah, yeah. No negativity at all. Yeah. This is wrestling business, baby. A lot of these guys need to have thicker skins. That's one thing that I think is that wrestling today, you know, these guys, they got silk skin. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) They got soft skin. (laughs) That's right. It's easy to poke right through all the little pieces of armor. You know what I'm saying? No, no. One match that I definitely want to see that, I mean, you guys already did it, I think, a couple of of weeks ago, and that's Chris Barton and Dominic De Niro against you and Whip Flash. I didn't get to see that. I missed that. When I saw that, I got pissed because I'm like, damn it, I'm not going to be here. When are we going to see that match at the project? That's an interesting question. I think uh, it may be a better question for Mr. Dominic De Niro and Mr. Chris Barton. The only reason I say that is because up to this point in time, we've seen both De Niro and Barton look to pursue more of their singles aspirations at Project Codename Wrestling, which I also respect. Somebody who has tried to, you know, carve a little name for myself on my own too without whiplash. I respect when tag team partners uh, try to make a name up for themselves. Uh, I know for a fact that Barton and De Niro have not split as a team. They're not looking to do that at all. Will that Does that mean that we'll see them as a tag team in the project one day? I'd like to see it. I'm definitely interested in a rematch. I know they are, especially after the superstar and I waxed them a few weeks ago and laid them down for the one, two, three. I'm sure they're biting their nails at home somewhere, waiting, hoping, just chomping at the bit to get in the ring with the Zoltan one more time. And if that day happens, I'll be excited for it. But unfortunately for them, the result ain't going to change. They're going to go down and again, and they'll go down again and again and again to the Zoltan, no matter how many times they try. Am I going to see the Zoltan in the Escape from New York tournament? Hey, that depends on Whiplash. Because because I, I I see all these other teams. I'm like, where's Zoltan? Why are they not there? You know what I'm saying? And I well, figure and I figure after the wrestling match, like I said earlier, you did I, you did say that if you beat if, if you beat them, that everything is squashed. But now, like Joe Bullrock is always staring the pot, so we may not see you guys in the damn tournament. It's a good point. Now, I got it on good authority from the boss that the family will enter a team into the Escape from New York tournament. I can't give the world many details on how that's going to play out just yet. And as I mentioned before, I would absolutely love my brother to be a part of everything I'm doing. I would love for the superstar to join the family, to join my side once again, as I know that's where he belongs. Everyone knows it. Next to me is where the superstar belongs. We don't we don't belong standing against the ring, uh, across the ring from each other. We belong side, standing side by side. I've always believed that. I always will believe that. And uh, depending on how the superstar feels going forward, only time will tell. Now, when it comes to the bull rock factor, 
I think Mr. Joe needs to mind his business. Like I said, I think he needs to really think about what he's asking for here because I got TJ Marconi. Whether the superstar agrees with what I'm doing or not, I got the superstar whiplash. And as I've mentioned before, I got a long list of guys that I could call if I need backup. And Bullrog knows this. Mm. Bullrog is standing on the other side of the battlefield all by his lonesome dove. No friends, no allies, no partners, no backups. But he likes to shoot off at the mouth. Now, I know Joe. He's always been like that. I respect him. He's not going to back down from nobody. But just because he's the bravest person walking around doesn't exactly mean he's the smartest person walking around. You know what I'm saying? A little more guts than brains for my brother, Bullrock. Now, if Bullrock decides that he wants to join the family, will you bring him in? Even after, let's say, if you guys wrestle and all that stuff. I mean, hey, I cannot. There's one thing I can't deny is the extreme raw talent of Joe Bullrock. If we're looking at it on paper, if we're looking at it at, if we're looking at the stats right now, what Joe can offer to the family, what he can do in that ring, which I know, of course. Mm. Of course. Yeah, I saw, I saw Joe Bullrock against uh, Astro Morales on that. Phenomenal event. match. Yeah, yeah, it was a phenomenal match, even though Morales Joe had came like up about, a little short. Yeah, about 50 pounds over him, but he, he did very well. He did very well. So He did very well, and if it hadn't, if, you know, one or two little moments had played out differently. I truly believe that Bull Rock would have came out with the win in that matchup. And that's what I'm talking about. I think Joe needs to worry about building his momentum a little bit better at the project instead of picking a fight with me, TJ, or anybody else on my side. Because it's really not going to get him anywhere. It's really not going to get him to where he's looking to go at Project Code Name Wrestling. Mm. Oh, well. You know, I, I, I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to what's going to happen um, on August 6th, even though I may not be there. But I'm sure if you guys didn't see the, the project code name Exodus is on YouTube. So I'm sure they're going to have it again on YouTube. But check it out. Chris, let everybody know where they can find you and you know, social media, all that stuff. Cause I know you got a lot of things going on. So let my fans know where they can find you and all that stuff. Chokeslam Wrestling Report World. You're looking to holler at the absolute Chris Cage. You're looking to follow. You're looking to keep up with everything that's going down for me, the family, and the Zoltan. Look me up on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, at Absolute Cage. If you're on YouTube, you're looking to surf, go to Left Hand on Top Productions on YouTube to get all the action at the project. And don't forget to check out Project Codename Wrestling on YouTube, yes, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on TikTok. We're all over the place. Follow it. You don't want to miss what's coming up. You don't want to miss the Escape from New York tournament kicking off at Summer Clash on August 6th. I guarantee you people are going to be talking about what's going to be going down in the next couple of months leading into November. You don't want to miss it. Yeah, I cannot wait. I mean, and again, I'm kicking myself because I'm going to miss this one in August, but you know, I'm part of the project codename family. So, you know, and, and and again, Chris, I, I, you know, I thank you for coming in again. And one more time, even though we're trying to get your partner in here, it's nowhere to be found. Hey, hey, with flash, if you see this, I need you in my podcast. We need to get your side of the story and let's see if you are going to team up with Mr. Bull rock and fight your brother again, when you already, you know, already lost a match and you got to be a man of your word. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to start no beef. I'm just saying, 
You know, what I'm that's right. Tell them, tell them, Ultimate One. You got to tell them because a lot of these podcast boys out here they patronize. They like to play both sides of the fence. You got to tell yeah. them how it is. Listen, you got to look at the big big picture. You got a family. You got Mr. Mar- Marconi, who is the Thanos of the East Coast. You know, you got to join. Uh, you know, I think Bull Rock is, is stirring the pot. Well, we're gonna find out on August sixth if there is a tag team match. And like Mr. Chris K said, he has that black book. You can always make a phone call. So That's that right. is it for me for the Chokesland Wrestling Report. Chris, thank you for coming in again. Again, absolute cage the man right now. The thank man you. who, you know, mess with because he got a lot of things going on. You don't know where he's coming from. So till then, guys, be safe. I'll see you next week.